You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 340. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we discuss the season two premiere of the YouTube science fiction series, Impulse. So, how you doing on this Monday evening? Yeah, good. 340, man. It just seems last week we were doing 339. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I was thinking, oh, geez, we'll be up around 350. Uh, you know, we get to these milestones, and and I guess 100 was a pretty big deal. Sure. Uh, especially when you look at the research that the vast majority of podcasts, I forget, it's like an overwhelming number, like 75% or something like that, never get past seven episodes. Right. So It's really a testament to our desperate need to get a life. Yeah, well, <laughs> or our persistence or, I don't know, something yeah. along those lines. But, know. ah, dude, we've had yeah, a good yeah. time. What man? else are you going to do on Monday nights? Right? Ah, yeah, 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 it's yeah. fun. I it like it. It is fun. Anyway, um, we are going to be talking about the season two premiere of Impulse in a couple minutes. But, uh, you know, other than that, uh, you had a big weekend uh, away from home. So you said that yep. worked out okay. Got some work yeah, done. Yeah, I have. The, uh, uh, yep. And all my notes are Impulse because I had to watch on my computer. So I took it on little Model UN uh, notes. Like those long, they're not sticky notes, but like the longer note pages and everything. So I have like 10 pages of notes, but the, you know, it's like, like just little things. So anyway. So you've yeah. got your version of the murder board up in your uh, home studio right. with all the. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Anyway, well, let's get into our tip of the week or what we're watching. And I, I've got a good one, I think, this week. I mean, not that all I right. feel like some weeks I have bad ones, but yeah, this true. is one that I think has probably popped up on most people's Netflix feed, and it's a series called The Stranger, and mystery suspense, eight episodes, but of course, what caught my attention is that it stars Hannah John Kamen, who plays Dutch in Killjoys, mm-hmm. and she is The well, Stranger. Not anymore, she doesn't. Well, right. And the stranger, her character, reveals secrets to seemingly random individuals that end up turning their lives upside down. And, of course, most end up getting connected in some way or another. And while the season finale feels pretty rushed, I mean, people talk about Game of Thrones last season being rushed. It's like, all right, we're heading into this final episode. My wife and I are like, all right, how are they going to tie all of these loose ends up? Uh It was a lot of showing and telling. I I will say that. Still a worthwhile series. Also stars Anthony Head, who a lot of you guys know as Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So it's called The Stranger. I'm sure it has popped up on your Netflix feed, and it's definitely worth a worth a shot. It's funny. I went to the deli over the weekend, and I've mentioned the people that work there. We sure. all talk series. So I asked the one woman, uh, you know, you, you really should check this out. She's like, oh, uh, it's great. I already saw it. I, I read all his <laughs> books, too. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, we even got a chance to interview uh, the actress that plays the stranger. Oh, can you believe she? And I'm like, stop. I haven't seen the last two episodes yet. <laughs> well, I don't know what the hell she said, but what I heard was one thing and I'm and waiting for it to happen the whole yeah. time. And it never happens. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to reveal what it is now. I mean, but, yeah. uh, I have to, yeah, so when I see her this week, I'm like, what the hell did you even mean by that? So anyway, what do you She's got? She's just throwing you off, man. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Well, this is something we talked about before, but in so I actually, and this is not anything new, um, but I went back and rewatched Lost in Space, uh, the new Lost in Space, uh, season one, and then I'm going to probably tonight uh, crack on with season two. Okay. Because I, like most Netflix shows, you know, like I watch them in a matter of days. And then when the next series comes out, like a year or two later, I'm like, I, I have no clue what happened before. So that just took me, you know, three days to knock out uh, season one. And, uh, you know, season two is uh, on its way. Cool. Yeah, I'm like four episodes into season two, 
And, uh, you know, I, I've gone this far. It's not going to be like Stranger Things, which I just I, I quit. I, I gave up. Right. I, I guess my problem with Lost in Space is that it's just one crisis after another. And well, yeah, that's what the well, I original know, show is like. I know. So, but I like the people, so I'm gonna, you know, I'll stick it out. I I, I did finish uh, season four of The Magicians, and I'm caught up in season five. By the way, but go ahead. This is your time. Yeah. Well, that was. <laughs> well, that was yeah. yeah. So after um, the big reveal last week that season five of The Magicians was actually already happening, uh, I immediately had to go. And uh, get, I'm not quite caught up. I have to watch the last one because uh, the ones that I watched, I had to watch them with commercials and everything in them because I was you know, watching them on demand and apparently sci-fi. If you blink your eyes, then you can't watch it without commercials. You have to watch it with all the commercials. So, Yes, and that's the way I've been watching season five as well. In fact, I can't get my Roku to work, so I had to watch it on my iPad, which is no great sacrifice, but right. still – yeah cool. all right yeah so what do you think about season five so far i like it a lot i felt season four was just kind of okay not great but uh i'm really liking season five you yeah oh yeah definitely yeah the uh, same thing i mean I, I liked season four but it it seemed like i don't know it seemed like they were losing some narrative threads there and i think that this season they've kind of tightened it up a little bit they're just following a couple storylines you know like easier to follow more coherent um not all over the place but i did like the uh the singing uh 80s pop tune singing episode from last season so maybe they'll do that one again well yeah and apparently because i can't remember you talk about having to rewatch season one of lost in space michael like oh yeah they do a music episode every season like, uh, they do Okay, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I did like that as well in season four. But, dude, uh, you know, I've gone on record as saying, from a purely superficial uh, standpoint, I have always loved Katie the best. But, dude, Margot as a centurion? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I don't know what it is about Julia this season, but Katie, you better uh, get on the ball here. But anyway, has <laughs> Nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> yeah, right, well, I, yeah, yeah, I like Margot's whole. I mean, like her character is probably the the shallowest of all of them, and but that's uh, changing, the, you know. Well, I mean, well, the, the right, stuff but with Josh it, and yeah, exactly. Um, so that's neat to see, but she's always good for you know as, as being probably the the toughest character out of all of them, you know, and and being when we first saw her, we would never think that because she was just seemed like a a preppy college student, but you know, she's pretty hardcore. Yeah. You're going to love the next episode. I guarantee it. Cool. Sound like Joe Namath. All right. Anyway, impulse <laughs> season two, episode one, mind on fire written by showrunner, Lauren LaFranc directed by Doug Lyman, who also directed the pilot. And, you know, we said back at the beginning of our impulse coverage, he also directed the film jumper on which the series is loosely based. And, Season two dropped all at once on October 19th, 2019. So uh, let's deal a little bit with Halche because she's this character that just seems to be kind of meandering in the background and don't want to say that her actions aren't important or aren't going to be important. But I kind of like how she's just back there. And at this point, you know, we get that scene where forensics is explaining the scene to Hulche, and you get the sense she doesn't feel that everything makes sense, you know? Right. Well, because they don't make sense. Right. You know, and, and if, and probably a lot of police officers would let it go, and and actually that's not always been a great characteristic of her this inability to to let things go because that got her in the hot water last season right you know the thing is is like this thread she's following that i don't know like i guess that's probably bill's blood she finds on the floor of the house um the inconsistencies in henry's story you know is she going to follow this thread and say oh 
Well, Henry is able to transport herself instantly from one place to another, you know, like, like now. Nah. So, so what's, there's, there's, she's, there's, there's a dead end, you know, at the end of this investigation, basically. Well, right now, were you a little surprised that she was named interim sheriff? Because I kind of was given everything we've, <laughs> you know, seen to this point. Right. I, I mean, I don't, not really. Cause I kind of, uh, Felt like she was like second in command before, you know. So no, I wasn't surprised. I, okay. I, I in fact, I think last week I, I said, uh, or two weeks ago, after sheriff got killed, I'm like, oh, I guess Anna's going to be in charge. Yeah, I, you know, maybe, maybe I just thought that because narratively speaking, it just kind of seemed like they were leading that way, you know. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess what got me was the fact that she was constantly going against the sheriff, although as things turn out, and, and, and I guess everybody sees this, including Fisher, who tells her, I'm in full support of you being named sheriff. Uh, I've got your back. And he gives her good advice because at first we're not exactly sure whether we trust him or not, but I think it is good advice. In other words, don't make an exception here because you know what comes out, is whose responsibility it is to clean up the crime scene. And I think that's one of those things that we don't ordinarily think about as we watch TVs and movies. And he says, no, homeowners. And here's a card of, uh, and of course there are companies that specialize in cleaning up crime scenes, of course. And she's kind of taken aback by that, which on the one hand is a little bit surprising because this is not her first police job, so I, I can't imagine it's it's different in other jurisdictions. But but again, maybe it is. And she goes to Thomas's house to start cleaning the blood. So I guess what I'm wondering is, are her motives pure altruism or does she sense there are more clues to be found? And you already mentioned that she suspects Henry of lying about what actually happened. So is this kind of just a cover because on the one hand, she did seem sincere that she didn't want the girls to have to come home to this mess. So right. I'm confused. I felt that it was sincere, even though we see her kind of like looking around outside the house and like something doesn't sit right with her about this whole thing, you know, but when she started scrubbing the, I guess the windows or the wall or whatever, I felt like she was doing that you know, just to help out the family um, because she felt bad. She felt guilty um, probably for her role in all of this. Yeah, I think so. But then, of course, she, you know, sees a little dot of blood over on the floor where Cleo was not, and that, you know, rouses her suspicions. So, yeah, I mean, it it really could go either way. I, I felt like she wasn't there scouring for more clues but uh, if you, you know, pardon the pun there, but yeah, I like um, it. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I can't remember if Fred sent the picture just to me in a Facebook message or in the thread that, that, you know, all three of us, but he, but he had that picture of that drop of blood. And I think in, in the message he was asking what it is because it's not in his feedback. I don't recall hearing. No. And, and yeah, I, I mean, think he did send seem- the picture, but it was just a little dark. I couldn't make it out. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah. inside joke there. Um, yeah, so I guess that's blood. And the question, of course, becomes whose blood is it? We know it's not Henry's because you know we don't see that she's cut anywhere. But then we get that great scene when Halche is still downstairs cleaning and she hears Henry walking upstairs. And now we see that recognition that each of them knows somebody else is in the house and of course, Halche draws her gun, and Henry grabs a desk lamp as a weapon. Yeah. And dude, just tell me, uh, stop thinking like this. Well, she grabs a desk lamp because we know she's still in the dark about so many things. Oh, yeah, too far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Halche's about to get to Henry's room and then Nikolai transports in, grabs Henry, teleports away. Yeah. And, and, and of course this happens towards the end of the episode, but it, it's the final sequence in our, our storyline with Halche. But 
what a great scene. I, I just thought visually the tension really well done. Yeah, well, especially since we're anticipating this confrontation. And actually, I, I thought it was going to be something where Henry would have to once again force herself to jump. Um, but I did not see Nick. I mean, I mean, I saw it when it happened, but I didn't anticipate Nikolai jumping in and grabbing her and taking her. That was crazy. Right. Not at all. And, and in fact, like you said, was it going to force her to jump or what I'm thinking, come up with another elaborate set of lies to cover how she got into the house. And of course I'm thinking back to, all right, one minute you're in the hospital in a hospital gown, the next minute you're in your room. So she's getting really good at coming up with these cover stories. And of course we get the scene we'll talk about in a few minutes where Nikolai helps her out a little bit with that. Yeah, you know, the other storyline we see is Team Henry and the aftermath of the incident because you know, we just talked about Halche and Towns and Jenna have a lot to cope with. Sure. And I love Towns. We should be bold. And then, of course, Jenna argues for restraint and remaining safe. And it's difficult to say she's wrong, given what we know about Nikolai and given what she knows about Nikolai at this point when she says it. And I love her line. It's one of the best lines of the series. It's too late for us to do nothing, yeah. he tells her. Yeah, that that's the that's definitely the as you said probably the <clears throat> the best line of of the series. Um, it just that 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 was na- he nailed it there. You know? Right, and and I the fact that they both are right just complicates the whole situation. And you know, it's one of these things. You know, we've all got a lot of experience with superhero stories superhero origin stories but for the most part most of our superhero stories the superhero's an adult and right. you know we we've made a connection before between henry and jessica jones well jessica jones is 30 damn years old right and it's more like like uh, henry is kind of like peter parker sure except spider-man the tone of it is nowhere near as dark well oh as yeah impulse so sure. so we even see that but yes exactly right a teenager trying to cope with you know the these powers that have suddenly been thrust upon him or her so uh you know the other scene we're in the hospital and henry finds thomas filling out the insurance form and, and you know it's clear he doesn't know all the answers and and we don't uh, begrudge him for not knowing things like that and it comes up you didn't even know her middle name yeah okay well, that, that, that i guess that is pretty know. bad that, yeah, yeah you yeah. should know that one but i think on the one hand everything we've seen about thomas we know he's a good guy sure this is a pretty traumatic situation that he's been thrust in and he's had henry in the hospital with seizures he's got cleo with a gunshot wound it's possible he's just kind of blanking but henry just lashes out at him i was a little shocked even for henry that she went there that you're just another guy in my mother's life you know you're here today you'll be gone tomorrow and like wow that's pretty cold yeah, we've seen this from Henry before. When I know she but. gets in in a mood, like it's just her, like and and she pushes people away. She's awful. She's been awful to towns before. Obviously, super unfair how she talks to Thomas and what she says, and especially we had, I guess it was two episodes ago, maybe last one. I can't remember in the bowling alley, you know, where they're just hanging out. Oh yeah, it was the last episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're just hanging out in the bowling alley, and they, we had said that you know they seem like a family, and even Henry looked like she was you know having fun, and and here to just like to rip into Thomas like that, and to really to say you know, yeah, like you're not family. I mean, yeah, that's true, but no, that's also not true. You know, right? They have created a family, and to his credit, again, not surprising, he 
keeps his cool. He understands that this is very upsetting for Henry. You know, she's the only blood relative that she seemingly has in her life, and she's unconscious with a gunshot wound. So, so he understands all that. Jenna comes in and does what she ordinarily does, which is diffuse a situation. But the other interesting thing is that Jenna and Towns think Bill Boone is still alive. Right. And we watch Henry explain what really happened. And this is kind of a turning point for all of them because on the one hand, Jenna is not sure whether or not she killed Nikolai. Right. On the other hand, Henry has just admitted that I killed Bill Boone. And And she did intentionally. Right, and Jenna's kind of stunned, and Henry's conscience, a.k.a. Towns, tells her, you didn't do anything wrong. He was the villain, you're the hero. And it goes back to the thing with Clay, when he sexually assaulted her. You're not at fault here. Right, right. And, of course, there's a pattern developing here with the Boons ending up uh, in pieces, and and (laughs) Henry not, but... uh, I, I, well, I think Lucas is wise enough not to mess with uh, Henry. Yeah. But, you know. And then how great is it that Patty shows up as, as these three are having arguably the most intense conversation of their time together? Oh, there's going to be a great party. you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's looking at her. I think the towns say uh, something about the... They're being saying how much she's wearing too much perfume. Yeah, right. And there's there's one too many person in the room. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that seems very very funny. Talents is right is great there. Um, Right. Well, it's it's funny because also it's it's funny and it's sad because we know Henry is a kid who is not in with the cool kids and all that. And, And you're actually seeing this here and her her. We we haven't seen a lot of like her place in the school social hierarchy, and you had said last week that, or maybe the week before, I can't remember, but you know that how Clay taking um, sexual advantage of her is because he feels he's in this superior position and it's something he can do. So asking all these cheerleaders, "Hey, did I ever you know was I ever inappropriate with you?" is well, you know, it, it was a different situation. He felt at the same level. And we see that Henry is definitely looked down upon here. And all these kids come and they're asking Jenna if she's okay. Yeah. And it's like, and then they're like, oh, yeah, it was your mom, wasn't it? But, you know, it's like, you know, it, it's just so, so rude. I mean, just so awful that all these kids are just terrible, terrible people. Yeah, and and she runs into Zach at the party, and the confrontation between the two, uh, confrontation's not the right word, because it certainly was not a tense moment, and he tells her he really likes her, but then he says he wants to take care of her, and I'm thinking, like, I know he didn't necessarily mean to be condescending, but it was pretty darn condescending. Yeah, yeah, I want to take care of you, like... Oh yes, I need a, a man to take care of me because I'm a woman. And I'm incapable of doing it. You know, like I almost want her to just be snarky and just say that. You know, um, we get that Zach is a pretty sweet kid and he's not a douchebag, really. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's just. And, and the thing is, is she's like, oh well, I really like you too. Because but you know, when she says it, you don't. We're not feeling it. You know, like no, we know no. she's she's just kind of. Here's what I'm supposed to say. I'm going to say what everyone says I'm supposed to say in this situation. And obviously, we, we can, it's so blatant that she's not feeling it uh, with Zach. But, you know, she's trying to put on the brave face and do what she thinks she's supposed to do. Well, right. And I'm wondering because when he's saying that to her, I'm thinking, and I wonder, is she thinking the same thing? Dude. I just put a knife in a guy's back right? who then teleported away to go die somewhere. Well, she doesn't know that, but she knows he, she put a big kitchen knife in his back. Uh, she doesn't need taken care of dude. He, you know, now 
whether she's thinking that or is she thinking like what you just said, I'm going to say the socially acceptable thing in this situation just because now is not the time to tell him, eh, I don't really like you other than as a friend. So, yeah. Or, I mean, with, I still suspect it's like, yeah, I'm not super into guys. So, right. Right. You know, you're a nice guy. Right. Um, right. Now, now thank spe- you for, you know, convincing me that I'm not into guys. <laughs> like, right. Now, speaking of uh, relationships, Towns is, you know, online playing the game with his girlfriend, Zoe. When she mentions the teleportation video, which momentarily freaks him out because he's like, how did you know about that? And she's like, well, you posted it like 10,000 times in every yeah. website. And, and, and I guess how does that, he not know that. You know? Or, right. But then he mentions Henry by name, which I thought was a little out of character for towns. Right. His system then goes out doorbell rings and he finds a package that contains a VHS tape. Now I'm wondering, do, do we need to like, explain to our younger listeners what <laughs> that actually was that was well, that's what i was wondering if if towns knew what it was he probably looked like what the hell is this exactly is this some kind of big coaster right. is this supposed to be some kind of new s- sandwich or something you know back in the day when the x-files was on and you know, <laughs> we didn't buy dvd sets because they didn't have dvd sets i would record every episode of the x-files Yep. And of course, you know, back then it's like, oh, uh, you, you, you know, I forgot last week. So you're scrambling or well, when are they going to do the rerun? Because that was your only opportunity to get it again. So I had all of these VHS tapes with six episodes each because, of course, you could get six hours worth on right, a six tape. hours. And that was uh, your lowest quality uh, setting there. Though, yep. you know? and, Highest uh, quality, you only get two hours. Yep. And I finally threw them out a couple months ago. Uh, well, I own the, the, yeah, I own the DVDs now. Yeah, but, uh, I am actually looking at a shelf of VHS tapes that are that I just can't. I can't do it, man. I can't part with them just yet. Yeah, I, don't know, I, 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 I keep it around long enough, and you know, like you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll be worth something. Maybe the the kids after I go can cash in all my comic books and vhs tapes and <laughs> have go. themselves a little fortune there all right well let's get to the main story which is henry and the aftermath of the incident and, and for oh, me, oh i'm sorry i'm sorry but before we go i have one thing yeah. to say about zoe okay because uh, um uh, um fred does kind of mention you know how what we're supposed to think about zoe and i think we're totally supposed to think that she's not on the level Right. Yes. Right. Uh, Correct. I mean, everything is screaming that she's bad news, that she's with, I don't think she's with like Nikolai's people, but I, you know, like, I think you said last week, we get this like, idea that the, the people who are hacking his computer are not Nikolai's crew. But either way, so that just makes me think that, well, she's probably going to turn out to be just fine. And, and and it's you know just because they're just so making it so obvious that she's bad news and she's just this whole relationship with Towns is just to get information from him. She you know she doesn't show up to the science Olympiad thing and everything like that. So I feel like just in the end we're gonna find out Zoe's just some regular kid and like it was on the level. But we're okay. definitely meant to think it's not. Right, and I love the way they're building that up, and I'll just leave it there because it's. Yeah, not going to turn out. I think the way a lot of people expect, but uh, that's kind of. So you said you're going to leave. You said you're going to leave it there, and then you did. I know, I know. All right, but anyway, with Henry, we're getting letters now. What you know, this deep emotional impact obviously affects her more than Jenna and Towns. Not that they're not affected, but you know, really, this is about her. And and I love the fact that in that opening scene, we see the confrontation with Bill Boone from Nikolai's perspective because he's outside watching through the window and Bill's still alive when he enters. I thought that was pretty cool with the blood spurting out. I mean, does that make me a bad person that I thought that was cool? No, it was definitely cool. Okay. 
and we pretty much assume Bill's dead by the time Nikolai drags him to the barn for disposal. At least we hope he was dead by the time he dumps him in yeah. that. I uh, mean, you, you, you don't generally survive your arm, whole arm coming off at at the shoulder. Okay. Yeah. Like there's, now, I feel like there's a lot of blood vessels around there, which actually I was, <coughs> I think they actually kind of held back on the amount of blood. I feel like, like Bill would have basically pumped out every pint of blood in his body very quickly. Yeah, um, I, I would think so happened. too. Now, yeah, one of the things I noticed, and um, I guess my opinion keeps going back and forth. We see Nikolai take Bill's all-weather boots before dragging him away and he puts them on yeah now when we get to the end of that segment and he leaves henry with cleo and he goes trudging off through the woods is it merely so that they think these are bill's footprints Uh, because everybody knows those are the kind of boots bill wears are they are they gonna look into it at that fine a detail i i I, but i yeah i i I mean, they're they're nice boots, so I don't blame him for like saying, "Hey, I'm not going to waste these boots." But also, a careful guy like Nikolai is not going to like take evidence and wear them around, right? Unless right. he's like thinking two passes ahead here, and he's like, "Okay, well, I'm going to grab Bill's boots so I can put them on, and then when I, you know, trudge off into the woods, looking like I'm heading for the the Canadian border, they'll think it's Bill." I didn't even think about that till you mentioned that. That's, right. that's now, good. Now, we get the idea this is not Nikolai's first rodeo, so does he think that far ahead? It's possible. Henry has teleported back. She sees the blood trail, follows it into the barn. And one of the things I like about this episode is that we begin to get some clarity about Nikolai and his relationship with Henry. And by no means... Are things clarified but you know no. we're starting to get some pieces um she finds him in the barn and it takes everything she has to look at the body in the tub and, and i guess my first reaction is she wants to make sure it's not her mother right yeah in the absolutely tub. but which at this point we're not sure if like i had to rewind it i'm like all right that was bill right yep and then yep sideburns check it's him right um, and he doesn't really answer her about Cleo's fate at, at that point. So, he, again, they've really set it up for, you know, th- this tension that this 16-year-old girl is having to deal with. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he love it when he says, well, where'd you leave the rest of him? <laughs> and she doesn't yeah. know. And, well, of course... I mean, we figured he was, I mean, she should have figured he was India. I mean, it's not like. Yeah. You know. wonder how much she pays attention in school. but <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. She's really stoned. and, and I don't know, down. man. There was like people around and stuff, you know. Like, and, and they were wearing clothes. Like clothes and, and everything. <laughs> um, but then she tells him, I didn't mean to hurt anyone. And he says, sure you did. Yeah. Now good call because she did he's right well she did but you know when you go back and see that scene again and i didn't go back and watch last week's episode again it just seemed this time and maybe it's because i knew what was coming it just seemed we got to see it almost in a slower motion even though it was probably Uh still because she jumps in front of her mother and she reaches out to move the gun so when she says, I didn't mean to hurt anybody, I, I didn't get the idea she was trying to hurt Bill, but rather protect her mother. And yeah, but I mean, she a- tells us later that she did like she, yes, she meant to kill him, you know, but we see she like, that, that's funny you said, it because you're right. Last episode happened really quick. We didn't know what was going on. We weren't expecting it. So, you know, is like, oh, what the heck just happened? But here, you're right. I, they, they they slow it down. We see her grab the gun with, or actually his hand, with right. both of her hands, and, and then she she jumps. So, you know, because I was wondering, you know, because you know, before, 
I guess we saw when she took Clay, when she jumped with Clay before, she kind of laid on top of him and jumped. Uh, this time she just grabs his arm. So I guess, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like, especially when she says later that she meant to do it, it seems that she purposefully just meant to just take his arm. But Yeah, but see, I just can't buy into that. And, and, and certainly one of the things that comes up in this episode, and we're, we're leading up to it, and, and Fred mentions it about the, the diner, we know Henry has much more control and seems to be able to go where she wants to go. The question is, did she mean to rip his arm off or did she mean to push the gun away and Dave, maybe still there? take him with her in the same way she took clay out of the fire and it just happened the way it happened i, I know she says i meant to hurt him I-, I wonder if that's you know her reflecting on what happened and maybe justifying i'm glad that happened just like when she tells clay i'm glad you're paralyzed so i i don't know it, it's it, it's it's complicated how many times do we hear that in our genre shows <laughs> but uh but we do see nikolai give her that coping technique when the barn starts shaking and he's like make a fist released and i'm thinking like Thank you, Sensei. So, I mean, the fact that he gives her that coping technique uh, of the fist thing leads me to feel like he's not necessarily here to turn her over to the bad guys, although it might just be because he doesn't want her to kill him and destroy everything and bring attention to them until he can get her somewhere. But I guess it's a first step towards her maybe trusting him a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. But I, I think in, in that moment, it's really just because he says, like, holy shit. Like, you know, like all of a sudden she starts freaking out and he knows. Well, if she starts freaking out, this whole barn probably is going to collapse. I have a body, you know, in sulfuric acid right now. This is not a time for the barn to be collapsing on us, you know? So he's... He really, um, in a, a pragmatic level, needs her to chill yeah, out point. really quick right then and there. But, you know, but yet, you know, they, they obviously set this scene up like that so he could do that. So it is like, here's one of your first lessons, you know, so we can see him. I don't know if he's going to be a mentor to her or anything like that. Because again, we still feel like they're enemies, but he he is helping her, and he did give her a cover story, and he took her mom to the hospital, or well, not took her to the hospital, but you know, made it so Chloe could get to the hospital and that they could have a cover story, and uh, so he he really, I mean, like if he wanted to to harm her, or if he wanted some bad to happen to her, he could easily have done that he could have he could have killed her himself i'm sure easily or just taken um, her or just taken her then and there exactly and and that's what even even though like we see him jumping in and grabbing her before anna popped into the room well you know again if anna goes into that room then you know henry's gonna have like a lot of explaining to do right as in how'd you get here Right. You know, so by him popping in, grabbing her and, and popping out again, he's actually preventing her from, you know, having to answer those questions. Yeah. And then he smashes her phone while they're driving with her mother in the back seat. And he tells her, I'm helping you. And we understand that, okay, this must have something to do with the fact that he feels the bad guys are going to track her phone. But we thought he was the bad guy. So we get some right. clarity, but not a lot at this point. And as you said, he gives her the cover story uh, as the SUV runs out of gas. And then as she's trying to figure out how she can get her mother help, she eventually teleports to the diner, goes inside and announces that her mother's been shot. And 
you know, we have to question, as does Fred in his feedback, the kind of control she has over where she goes. So does she pick the diner because of the association with her mom? Is this somewhere she feels safe? Did she just end up at the diner? Is this one of those automatic teleports? Well, not that it's automatic that she, like, missed. Like, she, I think she meant to go to the gas station, right? Because... As Anna points out later, the diner is like three miles away from where it was. And she probably passed the gas station or would have if she actually, well, I guess, you know, Anna never says that. But, you know, there was a gas station a half mile away. Then the diner is like three some miles away. Obviously, you know, the, the, the gas station would have been the place for her to go. So by jumping to the diner, it it makes it awkward for her. Now, did she know the gas station? Maybe not. So maybe then, you know, her jumping to the diner is, as you said, because it's a place that she knows. She doesn't know the gas station, so she can't go there. So she goes to the diner. It's the closest place she can think of that she actually knows. Yeah. And, uh, of course, she's freaking out at this point. But then after, you know, getting her mother to the hospital and, and, and all of that, we cut to the party and henry's first question for patty and and generally she doesn't have two words to say to patty but she's got three this time where's the weed yes how would i know she is she has extreme focus oh my gosh and and you know you (laughs) alluded to this uh back at the beginning of the discussion that that henry's emotional response to all of this it just seems to be one of escape and and just to get away from what has happened and ordinarily that's marijuana but it doesn't seem to be around she grabs another girl's vodka and red bull and i love jenna's response oh you drink now but then with in lieu of no weed then yes yeah but then henry tells jenna i saw the way you looked at me you're afraid of me and it really puts jenna in an awkward position because on the one hand she is afraid of henry on the other hand the fear is not going to get in her way of helping henry so right you have to love that about jenna and and i think it, it comes up later. Henry even says, well, you should be afraid of me. That that's, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Henry's coping with the knowledge that she killed bill. And then I love it. She even hits on the pizza guy. You have any weed? Yeah. And then <laughs> I don't know. I, I must've missed it the first couple times I saw this episode, but when she realizes he doesn't have any, she walks away and he, he mumbles something about, a missed opportunity or being pissed off that he didn't have any weed because he I, I think he's like yeah he's like oh there she goes yeah, or something like that like so, uh he must yeah. have liked the way she looked but she finds the weed at the outside fire and and then we get that sequence and that's the one thing about this episode we get a lot of these sequences that some we can explain some we can't so we know she's guzzled a fair amount of alcohol the yep. number of hits she took off of that joint, albeit it was a pretty fat that was, joint. as a pretty but big one, yeah. Given the amount that she smokes, I was a little surprised that she would suddenly get these visions. So is it the guilt coupled with the weed, coupled with the alcohol? But the next thing you know, she hears kids ask her what it was like to kill bill boone and dissolve his body in acid which of course we know they're not really asking so sure. you know this is like Macbeth. you know never shake thy gory locks at me i mean it, it, yeah that same kind of thing i guess <laughs> why'd you leave your mom like that don't you love her and of course these are issues that henry's working through as her life has been you know totally turned upside down and then she's reliving the moment to the point of thinking she rips Keith's arm off and is swinging it around like a club. And on the one <laughs> yeah, hand, you're great. laughing. On the other hand, it's like, oh, that's sick. But well, but we we know it's I know. not right, actually right, right. happening, you know. Like, but 
But yeah, it is a little sick, but it's also, it's like Evil Dead comic book type violence action funny. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's so extreme that it's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, like, where is this coming from? Is this, can she, can she not smoke weed anymore? That's going to be an issue for her, I think. But uh, yeah, because is it the combination of the alcohol and the marijuana? Is there, was there something in the marijuana? You know, like maybe there was something that is pretty potent strain. Um, is it like, like you said, I mean, probably the best one is the combination of guilt, alcohol, marijuana together creating this just this you know mix but it's 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 i mean it's pretty real for her though well yeah it's like this flood of emotion just is let loose and probably as a result of all those things you just mentioned but what do you make of her going into the bathroom feeling her power rising and then she sees her skin and her face cracking That, that that's a tough one i'm not sure what to make of that I mean, I, I don't either. And that's the only one that, so, you know, like the, this incident here with, you know, uh, at, right after she smoked the joint, clearly just in her head. Later when she jumps and sees her dad, clearly really happened. But this one, I don't know. Yeah. You know, because we see her face start to come apart and everything. And she, you know, she starts squeezing her fist and she stops it that way. So, Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that glowing underneath, I mean, it takes me back to like some kind of a Marvel superhero. Um, Uh But uh, she gets it under control, as you said. And then how funny is it that the police arrive at the party? Everybody runs, and ironically, Jenna and Henry run too, as if a teen drinking party is their biggest problem. (laughs) Exactly. I, I just love that. But it leads to that scene in the woods where Henry tells Jenna, I wanted to kill him. And then I did. And it felt okay. And our question has to be, does she really believe that? Does, does she really believe that it felt good to kill him? Because then she starts crying and tells Jenna, I'm sick. Right. And Jenna, you know, I'll tell you, could a person in her position have, two better friends than towns and jenna yeah no i mean yeah she's she's got a solid uh backing crew here oh my god and she helps her wasted friend home yeah as soon as henry hits the bed she falls asleep and that's when the dreams begin or what are they because we see her walking through the forest no shoes feet in the mud and as she sees that little tent and a campfire finds her childhood sword lying near the fire. I don't think it was actually in the fire. It looked like maybe it had been scorched a little bit. Yes, the end had definitely been scorched for sure. But of course, the folded family photo that we've seen on a few occasions now leads us to concur that this is her father's campsite, which is, of course, the, the same conclusion she comes to. And her father tells her, you need to find me before he does. And on the one hand, that's pretty damn cryptic, but I think it's relatively safe to assume the he is Nikolai. You need to find me. Well, where am I? Am I in India? Uh, Right. Am I camping in a woods somewhere? And, And of course she says, where are we? And he runs away. Her feet are symbolically stuck in the mud, of course right dad don't leave me i need you she screams over and over and then she wakes up in her bed and her feet are muddy so that's right. kind of what you were getting at a few minutes ago but but also I, I the thing is she didn't go to sleep in her bed she went at, in bed at towns right so she so, definitely she jumped she moved and we've seen this before right we, we've seen her jump when she was in her sleep uh, so it's not like a new thing. It's definitely right. something that happens. Right. So she jumps in her sleep and wherever this wooded area is, I mean, are we getting to the point where she can jump in time as well as space? 
I think I asked that question before. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, doesn't because seem I, like it. Right. Well, when you asked it before, we really didn't have enough to go on. Right. So, do we get a little bit more information here? I mean, certainly not enough. I mean, we know she can jump through space. Obviously, she can go across the world. Apparently, right. The question is, can she? jump through time as well and and we don't really know i guess this scene starts me thinking in in that direction but uh i I don't know i i just thought you know this was a great scene um anything else you want to bring up that we haven't talked about so far um towns's mom is actually around (laughs) yeah uh, i think fred brought that up or was that you a couple weeks ago um i did yeah. Okay. Yeah, because we'd seen Town's sister and talked about how come it's always her that's got to get him off to school. And I right. guess it, it sounds like it maybe is a single parent home, so maybe mom's already gone to work. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Who knows? But, yeah. They were just saying, yeah, you know what? We gotta we gotta throw a mom in there. So they give her like one scene to show. Hey, yeah, Towns does have a mom. Here you go. Right. And and you know you gotta love the fact that that he gets on her because she, she interrupted his friends and, and all that. And, and, you know, I don't know whether he sees it as her being a mom. I'm not a little kid anymore. I'm, you know, but look, we, we know why mom did it. And mom like, oh, I'm sorry. And backs yeah. out. But like you said, it just kind of establishes <laughs> that towns in fact does have a mom. Yes. So, all right. Anything else? Oh, um, the, the dudes from the office show up to, to clean up uh, Henry's house. Oh, yes, yes. Good point. Yeah, I meant to. Uh, I was hoping we'd get another, another scene with them, but uh, alas. Yeah, I love it because we see Nikolai uh, get on his phone. Got to clean up an aisle 11. And yeah. uh, they bring the clean up crew. Yeah, that was cool. So, um, and then the, the last thing, I like how Town says, like, Henry's the hero. I'm the sidekick. And to Jenny, he says, you're her sometimes friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I guess what I liked about him saying that is that clearly Jenna is not her sometime friend. She's her right. all-time friend. And, and this is just one of those social things that that maybe Towns misreads. And and that's fine. That That's not a problem yeah. because Jenna doesn't take it the wrong way. No, well, she knows Towns exactly. pretty well. And, right. You know, right. Towns, you know, doesn't really have that filter, right? So. All right. You ready to hear what Fred's got this week? Sure. All right. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Impulse. Season 2, Episode 1. Yeah! You did decide to go on to Season 2. I'm very happy about that. Although I'm a little bit disappointed about this season 2 premiere. Uh, I had very high expectations uh, after the season finale of season 1. But I will explain that later. First off, I want to thank you for your big compliment last week. Fred, you ever think about having your own podcast? I mean, seriously, because you leave so much feedback and really well thought out constructive uh, just audio is always great so um but again i can see you know wanting to do it the way you're doing it i let my wife listen to this little fragment and she nodded and thought okay this once will happen but so far i really don't have the time my job is taking too much time to do something like this and i think in the World of podcasting, there are so many podcasts about the same series, so I don't want to compete in that field. And if I look at giving audio feedback, then I'm quite unique. There are a lot of very good podcasts where I'm the only one that is giving feedback or I'm the only one that's giving audio feedback and the rest is giving written feedback or just, for instance, the second person that is giving an audio feedback. So in that sense, it's... It's unique enough. And of course, not everything has to be unique. One of the reasons, by the way, why I like your podcast 
taking, for instance, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, although I didn't like that series too much, but also this Impulse. So how many podcasts are out about those series? But putting a podcast out for a series, there are already 8, 9, 10, 11 other podcasts. Well, I prefer to listen then instead of doing it myself. And I don't have the impression that my insights are so different than those from other people. Well, sometimes. But again, thanks for the compliment. On the other hand, having talked for two and a half minutes without saying anything about impulse, well, you could consider. <laughs> I, sh- <laughs> I understand your advice. Okay, about this episode. We see that Henry is getting more and more control. Although he learned a little bit from Nikolai, making a fist and letting it go. But when she wanted to go to this restaurant, this road restaurant, she really could focus and really could get there where she wanted to be. Nice but awful was, of course, the opening scenes with Bill Boone dying. Fortunately, he was not too much in the light that you saw his blood coming out, pulsating, and he slowly dies. One other very awful sight was, of course, his face in this acid bath and putting him under. I liked in the beginning that you now saw the story from Nikolai's side, whereas we saw it in the previous episode from Henry's side. Cinematically, I liked that. I really can understand that Henry gets very disturbed by all of this and wants to numb herself if it's not by wheat than by alcohol, although that's not really her thing. I admire the persistence of Jenna in helping Henry. I get a little bit annoyed in the meanwhile by Towns. Well, Towns is Towns, but he is too much in his fantasy world, I think, to really help. And what happened on his computer is a little strange. I really wonder if this girlfriend he has there is trustworthy. I wonder what the relationship between Nikolai and Henry will become, because he is not the nicest person. He, of course, killed the French guy's wife, and now he takes a big risk that Cleo could die instead of bringing her directly to the hospital just because he wants to have his story straight. I also wonder if Anna can keep her position up, although one of her colleagues says, well, a woman as a sheriff is not too bad, etc. But I really wonder. He probably have to in this situation. What I found very strange, and that's actually a nitpick, is that Anna got Thomas' house cleaned, but she still has to clean the window herself. Uh, hello? And what is it what she discovers there on the floor? I thought it was still a little bit of blood, but why? The house has been cleaned, so what is that? Could also be a rosep towel. And then there is that strange scene in the woods where Henry is walking on socks in the mud. Later uh, she wakes up with muddy feet so is this a dream is this real also this thing with a crackled face um that was actually a bit the negative side about this episode it's a little bit too chaotic and i don't understand everything and even after rewatching, it didn't help too much okay that's all for now greetings all the best fred from the netherlands hi fred so let me get this straight you're going to let your work get in the way of podcasting. That's 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 ludicrous. Okay. That is what he said, though, right? He did, I, apparently, that's that's what he's saying, yeah. Okay. But, you know, and, and Fred brings up, in all seriousness, the whole idea about finding that unique niche to podcast. And, and as I said last week, that, and I do believe it, Fred certainly could have his own podcast if he wanted, but what he's doing is... is I guess, what he wants to do with the available time he has at this point. But he brings up that whole idea of finding a niche. And, and you take Star Trek, and, and obviously the current series is Picard, and, and then what's the other one called? I can't even remember. 
Star Trek uh, Discovery. Is that what it is? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I think okay. so, yeah. And, and, you know, there are probably conservatively 50 podcasts for Star Trek Discovery, probably close to that number for Picard. So it's Yeah, well, I went to find a, a podcast for Watchmen, and it was it was insane. There was, there was just tons so of them. so many. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what you're going to run into. Any major show, like some, a show that's coming out on, especially HBO or any of the, the major networks, before it starts, it's going to have people podcasting on it you know yeah so yeah i mean i think we obviously we purposefully try to find more shows that are not necessarily the big blockbuster shows but yet shows that we like you know and that's that's the key i mean it's it's tough to find a show that's that's not like a, a super popular but also is a good show and impulse definitely kind of fits that that bill there you know yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, it's something that you and I came to the stark realization maybe about two years into the podcast, because when we picked up Lost Girl, we were scrambling to get ready to pick up, I believe it was season three at the time that was going to air in real time. So we didn't have to worry about what we were going to cover. We're, we're a Lost Girl podcast. And suddenly we realized, well, wait a minute, we've got like nine months yeah. Until the next season of Lost Girl is going to air, yeah. what are we going to do? And What the heck do we do? Right. And, you know, when I was recording with Michael for Golden Spiral Media, it just seemed like a lot of the podcasts, okay, we're live while the show's airing, and then we're done. We'll see you in nine months. Yeah. And right. on the one hand, that kind of sucks, because if you're trying to build a community and, and you know, get a, a, a base where we can bounce ideas off each other, that's probably not the best way to go. Yeah. So, And you'll get the 340 that way, mister, I tell you that. You do not, absolutely. All right. You know, Fred brings up about Town's girlfriend, uh, Chloe, uh, Chloe, uh, Zoe, and, you know, as you said, we're being led to believe maybe there's more there than, you know, what we think, but in the end, is she just going to be a girl? And that, she just was afraid to meet Towns face to face at his science yeah. Olympiad. So, so we'll see. But, it, but it's a nice little. I, mean, I just, I just feel that just because, like I said, I mean, they're just they're making it so obvious that she is some kind of agent provocateur or something like that. Right now, unless I misheard and and, and wrote it incorrectly in my notes, Fred brings up about Anna cleaning in Thomas's house, but. I think he implied that professional cleaners came in and cleaned the house, and I don't think that's the case. No, you know, it, well, right? I no, think, it, it was the, uh, the the dudes, like Nikolai's dudes. Well, oh, right, right. Oh, he right, but they were okay. Okay, so that must be what he meant. But As they left. To, they left Chloe's blood because you know that they need to leave that because she was shot, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, so that must be what he meant, because the police did leave a business card for the professional crime scene cleaners. Those were the people that were never used. Right. So, all right, I got it now. All right, right. makes sense. But, but um, yeah, like, like you said, like the guys who came in didn't clean everything. They just cleaned up evidence the, that Bill had had his arm ripped off and died. Right. And then Ben uh, disintegrate into a vat of acid right and then uh, i guess we have to then wonder is that spot of blood on the floor perhaps one that they missed and it'll turn out to be bill's blood and then we've got a whole other uh but, but again, what, what she gonna do? where she where does she go with that it's bill's blood oh well yeah he was here a couple weeks ago and he uh pricked his finger or something like right. uh, like she right. found one drop of blood like there's no way that leads her to the truth. The truth is just too crazy for her to to, to even comprehend. This is Anna Halche. Come on, right? She's gonna, True. She's going to take it and run with it. So, There's no uh, way to run to though. It's a thing. Just <laughs> I know. Like, I know. <laughs> All right. Anything else uh, you want to bring up about Fred's feedback? I just think Fred. The next time you do a uh, a cheer, it needs 
you need to start with you need to push up from the diaphragm, man. You need to like give some, you know, you gotta give some some oomph. Yeah, I, I wasn't feeling it with your cheer there when you were cheering because we we're doing season two. So, uh, okay. you know, just just some advice next time. Just <laughs> you know, start low down and just push out, project, aim for the back row. There you go. All right, Fred. So thanks for the feedback. Um, some good stuff as always, and I guess this is as good a place as any to to leave it for this discussion. So. That's it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. We want to thank you guys for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Impulse. Anything else going on in genre television? See, that's two weeks in a row I didn't mention Dark. We encourage you to join the Facebook group. Share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. Emails can go to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. Or just record your own clip the way Fred does each week and send it as an attachment. We'll be back next week to discuss Impulse Season 2, Episode 2, titled Fight or Flight. But until then... You know, Dave, this rule number one of podcasting, and all you young podcasters out there like Luke Parker, I'm talking to you. Here's some advice for you. Here's some quality advice from Uncle Wayne. You don't have to say everything that comes into your fucking head. <laughs>